Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Brand sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Brand sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to bollandbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We always say that Tagalog, Bisaya, Ilocano, Ilongo, Ilocano, Bicolano, our languages are genderless, lalo na sa pronouns. Ang Filipino, wala man lang direct translation for he or she, puro siya. Wala nga tayong iisang word for son or daughter. Meron lang anak. We have to specify anak na lalaki or anak na babae. Same with asawa, which can be more precisely husband or wife in English. But while Filipino is neutral in terms of gender, does that mean our culture and thinking is gender neutral too? Apparently not. Asa ng prueba? Nasa Google mismo. Ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. And in this episode of Teka Teka, we talk about a curious thing we learned when we turned to Google Translate. Yung gender neutral tayo magsalita, pero hindi pala tayo gender neutral mag-isip. And we can now objectively demonstrate this with data and algorithms. Dumalabas ang mga bias natin pagdating sa mga kalalakihan at mga kababaihan. Yung akala mong wala tayong bias, eh kahit si Google nabibisto tayong hindi. There is gender bias every time we speak. That is obvious and popularly known, especially where gender is precisely an element of language. As in, may gender, may kasarian, hindi lang ang lingwahe pero ang mismong mga salita. Sa Spanish, for example, one of the simplest rules is pag ending in a, that word is feminine. Pag o, masculine. Iha at iho, for example. Or even yung asawa, di ba? Pag husband, wife, asawang babae, asawang lalaki. So yun yung gender neutral na sinasabi. Pag binasa mo yung sentence, parang pinalalabas, walang gender. Pag sinabi kong siya ay doktor. That's Erica Fille. Erica is a professor at the Asian Institute of Management. She heads the AIM's Program on Data Science. Napag-usapan nga namin na in Spanish too, the word for mountain is feminine, sierra. But in German, the indicator for mountain or berg is masculine, der berg. What does that do to a person's thinking? To think of a mountain as either feminine or masculine. Sa Pilipino, take note, walang kasarian ang bundok. But hindi porket non-gendered yung mga words natin, eh, meron tayong gender equality sa, sa bansa. Hindi rin sabihin nun, no? Kasi pag sinabi ko sa isang Filipino na siya ay magsasaka, alam ko na ang kapwa ko Pilipino ang naisip lalaki sa picture, no? Although non-gendered yung mga words natin. Kunwari, I'll ask you, sinong naiisip mo when I say siya ang naglalaba? Sino si siya? If you're gonna picture it sa head mo, in all honesty. Pag sinabi kong siya ay nagmamaneho. So very clear yung example. So when you... Erica was thinking about this, the gender bias in our thinking, because of a post she saw on social media. As a data scientist, she was taken aback by an insight about Google, specifically Google Translate, na eto, subukan nyo. 
Pag nagpa-translate ka from Tagalog to English ng sentence na may banggit na trabaho, ah, nahahalata ang gender bias ng mga Pilipino. So when you put it down in writing, kunwari siya ay isang doktor, ang translation nun is he is a doctor. And then kapag siya ay isang nurse, ang translation nun, she is a nurse. So yung ganong compelling na example, I think yun yung nakaka-capture ng mga, ng, um, uh, what do you call this, attention ng marami. Even though alam na naman natin, or many of us know na mer- merong certain quote-unquote biases ang mga AI models. And it's something that we now have to remind each other, Erica says. She says, in fact, we need to think about it because it can have implications not just in our thinking, but in policies and programs becoming biased too. Unless we are aware of how a genderless language can still be affected by a culture with gender biases, that lack of awareness and mindfulness could be more insidious and have greater impact on our society than we think. hindi lang siya tungkol sa translation. Automated translation siya. Pero hindi lang siya tungkol sa translation kasi ang AI models, nagtitrain din siya ng data sa HR, human resource analytics, or, or for example, if certain companies would want to create a machine that hires no automatically. So yun yung sana gusto kong makita ng mga tao beyond the translation. Yun nga ang example ko nga, yung hiring. Hypothetically, my company A, they get, let's say, 10,000 um, per month na applications. And sabi nila, ay, automate na lang natin yan kasi ang dami. Like, let's just let the machine filter kung sinong i-interview natin. Nako, ang laka, laki ng implication nun. Kasi pag sinabi let the machine, ibig sabihin yung machine trained on some kind of data. Ngayon, kung yung training, ng, yung training data mo is very biased because yung, yung taong nag-hire noong panahon very biased towards a certain race or a certain region, kunwari, pag nasa Pilipinas, mararainforce yon sa machine, no? So, yun yung mga scary thing na kailangan bantayan natin. Pagdating sa tao, like when you want to optimize schools using um, AI models or sa law enforcement or hiring or even sa healthcare, no? Yung healthcare apps, like what what the things that they recommend to certain individuals doon na tayo magka-question. To begin to consider how we can remedy this problem, Erica says it's important to understand how something like Google Translate has evolved in the first place. On the one hand, it relies on complex programming, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. But at the most basic level, it is also built up from you, from us, from each and every human's input, data, and interaction with the Internet. Everything from books we've uploaded and translated to every social media post you've ever made on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, kahit saan pa. Sa Google, yung translation na nangyari, tumingin sila sa mga books from from long time ago and then yung mga translations na mga yon, no? And may isang process then wherein tumingin sila sa mga dictionary naman ng certain words And ano yung, so ito walang context to, no? yung words galing sa dictionary, ano yung direct translation. Ito yung data nila, ito yung ina-assume natin na how people think and how people translate. 
So, ito yung data, ipapasok mo to ngayon sa machine learning model. Yung machine learning model, anong ginagawa niya? Pag binigyan mo siya ng data, hinahati niya yung data into training and then into a test set. So, sa dulo, instead na yung training data ipapasok mo sa kanya, yung mga sentences at itatranslate niya, ipasok mo ngayon yung test set na hindi pa niya nakikita na sentences. So, ipagpasok mo ng sentence, kunwari siya ay naglalaba, ang gagawin ng modeled na artificial intelligence machine is translate niya yung siya ay naglalaba into um, she's doing the laundry. Okay? And then, yun yung test set. So ngayon, pag yun yung translation niya, itatanong na ulit ng model, tama ba tong statement na to? So titingin siya ulit dun sa, sa, sa data, no? kung tama pa rin yung nag- nagagawa. And um, pag, pag maganda na yung performance, let's say 90% accurate na, kasi nakita mo nga na na-translate niya yun into a correct sentence base sa historical data, then ide-deploy na yun. So yung deployment ng model na yun, yun yung nakikita natin sa web browser when we want to translate. So may machine doon na nag-learn from historical data. So ang tanong ngayon dito, balik tayo sa, kunwari, uh, Rob, sa AI, should we let that propagate? Yun lang naman yung tanong, di ba? Tanong ko kay Erica, but what can we do? At saka, paano kung ang konteksto talaga halimbawa ng mga inputs from our long history and centuries of records is that totoo naman, for a long period of our society, paano if that is what the data affirms na mga naglalaba, babae, mga nagbamaneho, lalaki, Nagbabago na lahat yan. In much the same way na ang mga abogado, doktor, siyentipiko, naglalaba, nagmamaneho, hanggang presidente can be a man or a woman in our minds right now. But what if the preponderance of historical data we have are in fact capturing past realities accurately? How do we let the data and the machine learning catch up? Kasi mayroong tinatawag na na languages that are high resource meaning ang daming translations diyan kunwari German, French, 'di ba? Ang daming translations. And then there are low resource languages, no? Kunwari, I think ang ang Filipino medyo low resource pa eh, in the grand scheme of things, no? Pero meron silang mga example like Yoruba or Malayalam na language. So ito yung mga low resource, dito siguro tayo makakatulong, no? If marami tayong volunteers who can help translate not just words, actually context ng importante dito. Siguro ang next na step dito is for Filipino linguists to translate whole of books, no? Hindi lang sentences or word per word. Alam mo, binigyan kita ng libro. No, yun nga yung sinabi mo kanina, siya ay magsasaka. Paano mo translate sa English yan? Ilalagay mo ba she slash he? Or ilalagay mo ba they? Kasi yun pa rin yung itatrain. Doon pa rin magtatrain yung, yung model natin. Eh. Kasi nga, if I get a linguist now, and meron akong, let's say, Biblia na nasa Filipino, translate ko sa English, I'm pretty sure kapag ka nakalagay doon siya ay, I don't know, um, naglalaba, babae talaga yung ilalagay nung translator natin, yun pa rin yung mare-reinforce, di ba? Unless magkaroon na talaga tayo ng totoong empowerment ng women wherein when we say scientist, may mga libro talaga na nagsasabi na babae yung scientist. So, pag yun ang ginamit naman sa pag-model, makikita ng, ng machine natin na, oo oh, oh, nga pala, no? babae rin pala scientist, parang ganon. There's a lot of potential ways, pero it will increase the computational complexity kasi so it could take months or even years to finish the, the modeling of the, the AI machine. No? So, 
hindi pwedeng konti lang gagawa. So we can make that call. Like if I'm a scientist, I should go out there and I say, I am a scientist. I make phrases like that. And more women scientists make phrases like that, like actual statements, posting it online. Because what Google does, it, it, it does, it crawls the web and they look at all of these sentences. No. So the more, the more we use Filipino phrases, na ganon, or we write more books na empowered yung women, and then makakaroon tayo ng translators. No? Tuturuan na din natin silang mag- mag-learn ng context, not just um, exact phrases, but context, yung buong article titignan na nila. Kunwari, that takes care of the input and data part. But what about Google Translate itself? Doon sa original example natin, how should Google offer translations about humans when it inevitably runs into the need to translate siya into either he or she. So, ang isang option din na isip ko, aside from that explicit way of spelling out yung result, no, is just uh, to output a note saying that the word siya is a non-gendered pronoun. Did you want a masculine or feminine translation? So, madali lang yun eh, kasi I'm pretty sure Google now knows which words and uh, which words are gendered or non-gendered. So, mag-a-add ka lang ng additional layer sa model mo to ask a question. Is this a, a masculine or feminine na sentence? No. And ang maganda nun, if maglalagay ka, is this a feminine or masculine sentence? And then, uh, that is data na rin, no? So, every time people will ask for the translation na siya ay scientista. And then I say, it's a feminine. It's a feminine. And it will keep on piling up that data. Well, given na... Ang mga translation is equally feminine and masculine nga. Kaya lang, pag if you go online and then ang isa-search mo pa rin ay masculine ng masculine yung translation, ang iisipin talaga ni, ni artificial intelligence machine is that, oh, lalaki pala talaga tong word na to, no? So yeah, we have to change society definitely. Kasi nare-reflect lang talaga ng, ng model, no? Or we have to change the models mismo. We have to add a layer knowing that the data currently is biased. We need to to tweak the models. Pero yung iba naman sinasabi, well, we're, ju- we're just trying to automate how humans think eh. Eh, ganito mag-isip ang mga tao, noon at least, no, yung training data. Kaya, uh, very, very uh, tough and challenging ang AI ethics. In fact, certain countries are now developing ito mga framework na to. For example, in Germany, meron silang German AI Ethics Commission, Yung Denmark, the same thing. Meron silang data ethics seal. Canada is the same. And they have this call for the whole EU. I know that Japan also has one. Pero ano to, madugong usapan ito actually. Ang machine, wala, walang opinion yan. So you, you feed them and then uh, that's it. They will learn from whatever it is that you feed them. Kaya nga, ang opening ko lagi, Robin, no, sa klase, I teach intro to data science eh. Artificial intelligence, meaning they copy uh, the intelligence of humans. So kung stupid yung human mo, sorry for the term, magiging stupid din yung machine mo. Yun lang ang pinakasimpleng way to, to say it. Muli ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. This episode was produced by Kat Ventura and it was edited by Carl Sayat. For more explainers like this, follow Teka Teka on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And follow Puma Podcasts for all of the other podcasts we do. Because ultimately, your voice, your vote, whether it's one or 
lahat ng mga kabataan ay mag-participate, it matters and you belong. That was attorney Mildred Ople of Youth Leadership for Democracy or Youth-led. Kabilang ka sa 2022, actually yung inspiration nito uh, nanggaling doon sa sentimiento nga ng mga youth na parang de- their voice doesn't matter or wala silang bilang, walang halaga yung kanilang participation. So, doon nanggagaling yung campaign na ito. Actually, kahit mag-isa ka lang or kahit isa lang yung poses mo, kahit pakiramdam mo wala kang bilang or outnumbered ka, you actually matter and you belong. Your voice counts. Join the launch of their campaign, Kabilang Ka, sa 2022 on May 7, live via Youth-led PH Facebook page. Listen to the stories of the various youth organizations hoping to make a difference and be inspired. 